Welcome to episode 7 of the Cause Podcast. I'm your host, Urian Dryshuk. Topics that we have on hand today are the Las Vegas shooting at the Mandalay Bay Resort at a concert last night, Donald Trump's neglecting of Puerto Rico hurricane relief efforts, the NBA requiring players to stand to the national anthem, along with Cleveland Cavaliers owner Dan Gilbert saying that there's an element of racism that I didn't know even existed in this country. Gonna start off with the shooting in Las Vegas last night. Uh, a shooter, he opened fire at this concert, the Route 61 concert, right next to the Mandalay Bay Resort. The shooter's name was um, Stephen Paddock. And what basically happened was he he broke windows at the Mandalay Bay Resort and Casino. I guess he basically checked in the room and brought you know military-style weapons in there and let rounds of bullets off from the 32nd floor into the, the concert. That was going on right next to the Mandalay Bay. And the, the artist performing was Jason Aldean. And basically, he kept performing for 45 seconds once those shots were let off. But once he realized that there's a shooting, him and his crew basically left the stage. And it was a chaotic scene. You know, I got I got home about right when the shooting started happening. You know, I was, I was just watching NFL games, minding my business. And I was walking the strip for a little bit by the Bellagio and um, the Flamingo and... Right when I got home from my Uber, I got news on Twitter about the shooting, and it's just crazy, the turn of events, you know, people stomping over each other to get by, people getting bullets to their neck, headshots, and first I heard that 20 people were injured, then they turned into deaths, and there are a lot of reports of there being multiple shooters in different hotels in the vicinity of the Mandalay, but those reports were false, along with a, a bomb being planted. But uh, Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department, they proved that to be uh, another false report. And so the toll, over 58 dead, 200 injured in hospitals that are capacity here in Vegas. And I heard last night they weren't taking anybody else in unless the injuries were life-threatening, which was I thought was a bad decision because a lot of those injuries could turn into life-threatening real quick. And big ups to UNLV and the Thomas and Mack Center for, for providing the arena as a place of shelter and, and cover for the, for the victims that were hurt and that were just trying to get to safety. And it was good to see um, Las Vegas Metropolitan Police. They found the person of interest that they were looking for, Mary Lou Danley. I guess she was a companion or a roommate of the shooter. So um, I'm glad that they did they did their job and got the situation under control. And um, something that I knew was going to happen, you know, once everything got cleared... Once the shooting was over the following morning, this morning was, you know, the the profile of this man. The profile of Stephen Paddock, the shooter. And, you know, his brother, he came out on CNN this morning saying, you know, he was never violent. He he invested money on businesses. He was successful. But you know what? You know what? None of that matters. None of that matters at all. At all. And, you know, reports, I saw a TMZ story this morning talking about, oh, he... Paddock doesn't fit the description of a mass shooter. Why? Because he's a white man in America? Because he's not Muslim or black? He doesn't fit the shooter? He doesn't fit the description of a mass shooter? Give me a break, America. Give me a break. This is why people are kneeling during the national anthem, because a disgusting mess like this. He is a description of a mass shooter. Stop Stop giving white people an excuse. Stop giving them passes for terrorism attacks. And this is what it was, terrorism. Just because he was a Muslim... You, you could call it a terrorist attack. It is a terrorist attack. I bet if he was Muslim, the media the media would have a field day. If it was anyone that wasn't white, 
It would been called it would been called a terrorist attack. Donald Trump, he said the acts were pure evil. He mentioned one word about this man being a terrorist, which is disgusting. It really is. And I knew this was gonna happen. And it takes people like like you and I and everyone else to call this mess out. Don't make up the excuses though. But Stephen Paddock, he was a lone wolf, blah, blah, blah. This man was 64 years old. He knew what he was doing. He checked into the Mandalay Bay. I know he requested the view of the concert so he could plot this evil and disgusting act. We know that's exactly how it went. Don't don't try to come up with an excuse of a, he had a mental illness. This man was just plain evil. He wanted to commit a terrorist attack. And now it's the, the biggest mass shooting in American history. And what I really want to know... What are people in Washington gonna do? You know, in the House, in all the all the Republicans that occupy Washington that run our country. Because I remember four years ago, and after that, Republicans blocked every single gun control bill that former President Barack Obama tried to pass. And a lot of them, a lot of them this year voted to let people who who are obviously mentally ill to to purchase these guns at gun shows. So. It's just up to our leaders to handle this these kind of issues with gun control. Obviously, you know, a lot of these conservatives, they love their guns. So how are they going to handle this? How? Barack Obama did his part. What What is what, what's Donald Trump going to do about this? And I watched I watched White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders speak on the incident this morning. And um, when the reporters asked about, you know, the current White House administration's priority on gun control, and she said it's too premature to address those issues. Are you serious? This, this is coming from the same administration that's neglecting Puerto Rico right now, and I'll get to that in a few. But... It's too premature. All these mass shootings have been happening in America. America has the biggest issue with gun control. Last year, we had the biggest mass shooting. And now it turns to Las Vegas. And now Vegas has that title. But too premature to address that? What What's the priorities of this current White House administration? It's just disgusting to me. It's like we can't. We can't. America has to unite on its own because our leaders, they can't do it for us. So I just want to say, I just want to give a big prayer to everyone here in Vegas it shook me up too when I first heard it, but stay strong. We'll get through this, and just like every other event that happens in America, every other tragedy, we're just going to get better from it, and we're going to become stronger as a people and as a nation. So keep your head up high, Vegas, and I encourage everyone here in Vegas to donate blood and just um, whoever needs comfort really in the city, go talk to someone. You could really, you could really make their day because a lot of people could they could have lost loved ones and friends last night. So just be, just make a positive impact in the wake of this tragedy. Moving on to the NBA, NBA Commissioner Adam Silver he sent a memo out to every NBA team requiring all players to stand up for the national anthem. And I knew this would be a disaster because. I thought they would be the league that encourages, um, you know, these First Amendment rights. They were Adam Silver recently sent out a letter encouraging players to be more active on social issues. So this comes as a shock to me. And um, and um, Cleveland Cavaliers shooting guard J.R. Smith, he um, he replied to a tweet reporting this from from the Root dot com, and the tweet basically said, "Yeah, I." And so that was that was my same reaction too, because it's like, how are you gonna be the same organization? The same sports organizations that you discourage these, um, you know, discourage players from being active on social issues, but now you require them, you require them to stand for the national anthem when, when that's not required in in our law. It's not a law in the United States. These these black athletes they're protesting police brutality on black people in America and racial injustices, and so you know, it's like the, these players are generating. 
millions of dollars for the NBA. You you got record record um, attendances at games, historic ratings for the NBA finals, etc., etc. And now you're gonna tell them how to you're gonna tell these guys how to protest. Like I said, you know it's controversial, but it's, it's basically a slave master mentality to me. Because how are you gonna tell you expect black athletes to perform for you, throw footballs, shoot a basketball? But totally disregard their rights for them outside of sports. They they have lives outside of sports that don't involve making you money. They have family and kids. They have kids that they're worried about how with. They have kids that they're they're gonna worry about their interaction with police as they grow older in their lives. So kneeling during the national anthem, like I said before, if it looks like it's the only it's the only resort to get America to to really take notes of the racial issues going on. And obviously, it's not disrespect to the troops. It's just to raise awareness. And like I said, you know, the the lyrics in the national anthem, they don't even support black people. It obviously paints a racist message. It was a time the anthem was made during slavery. So, you know, why why take pride in the country right now that is just dividing us, you know, electing a white supremacist, all these high rates of police brutality. What is there really to honor about America right now? You know, we supposedly have free speech. We supposedly, it's supposedly the greatest country in the world. But obviously with the injustice, with the injustices going on racially, it's just like, are we really the greatest country in the world? You know, I get opinions from other people like um on Twitter. You know, I, I have a, a lot of followers from Canada and they, they basically just say equality it's not an issue in Canada. And, you know, I've been to Toronto three summers ago, and I could tell people are so, it's so diverse. Their people are nice. They're united. You know, you don't really hear acts of police brutality or profiling over there. So I basically wish America kindly, I wish, excuse me, I wish America could take notes on how Canada does it, how they treat their people, because, you know, we're in 2017 right now. We shouldn't have to be dealing with these same issues that we faced, we faced 60 years ago, you know, from segregation. And, you know, it takes... It shouldn't be only African Americans recognizing this as a big issue. You need white Americans and other people with different races and backgrounds to basically be vocal on these issues, so that we could basically achieve that equality. And everyone needs to let these sports organizations know that you know black people are valuable outside the sports too, and they need to let Colin Kaepernick know that too by giving him a damn job too. In the NFL, because this is just pathetic. It's it's week four of the NFL. He still doesn't have a job, and so sticking to the NBA, I'm I'm disappointed in Commissioner Adam Silver. You know, I've always thought he's a he's been a great man ever since he he took that role as commissioner three years ago when David Stern left. So, you know, I basically think he he owes the NBA community an apology for this because this is really disgusting. He, Taking away the First Amendment rights for players that this, the First Amendment rights that this country glorifies so much. But what? It doesn't apply for athletes, or do these do these First Amendment rights only apply for white supremacists that that protest in Charlottesville or carry Confederate flags? Who is it really apply for? Once again, you tune into the Cause Podcast. Sticking with the NBA, um, there's another topic involving you know r- racial issues here, um. Cleveland Cavaliers owner Dan Gilbert, he recently came out, you know, talked about the racial injustices going on in America and the protests going around different sports leagues, you know, kneeling during the national anthem. He said, there's an element of racism that I didn't even know existed in this country. Dan, are you serious right now? Your best player, LeBron James, the best player in the world right now, he got the N-word spray painted on his house this summer. What, what element of racism do you not 
recognize these comments are just flat out ignorant to me, man. Because anyone can be a victim of racism. It doesn't matter how much money you have as a black athlete. You could be Oprah. You could be LeBron James. You could be you could be Kevin Durant. You could be um, you know, other black athletes, Russell Wilson, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And you you still face racism every single day. Your status won't determine the thing. If if you're white in America, you still have a you have you still have an advantage over the richest black athletes. Just Basically, because you were born white, and you you always you always receive these advantages and these privileges that black pe- that black people in America won't receive. So even if they do make it, even if they are millionaire status, even if they are in a billionaire status, they're still gonna face racial issues that they just won't be able to overcome for a long time. So, so I'm I'm really disappointed in Dan Gilbert for this, considering you know you have a predominantly African American team. And you you say that there's an element of racism didn't exist in this country. America elected a, a white supremacist based on this element of racism. You know, America's bigotry was showed in November. So what makes you think there's no element of racism at all? LeBron, you, like I said, your star player, LeBron James, he can't even escape racism. His mansion in L.A. got spray painted with the N-word. But there's no element of racism. What what world do you live in? You own the NBA team. That's predominantly African American. What other? How many more black people gotta be killed by police for you to recognize that that there is an element of racism? There are big elements of race of racism in America that we simply can't avoid right now. So I I really need Adam Silver and Dan Gilbert to wake up right now and recognize these racial injustices that in that. Not only black athletes, but you know there are uh, that white athletes to recognize too. Soon enough, you know it won't be just black athletes kneeling during the national anthem. You have your star white athletes too. You see the Dirk Nowitzki's of the world and the Chris Stapps, Porzingis's the world kneeling during the anthem too. The same goes for the NFL. We need star white athletes like like Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, and Aaron Rodgers to kneel for the national anthem too. Then you see a really big impact made in how important these issues are. And it won't just be about disrespecting the flag. It's about real life issues that America needs to face and handle right now. And um, also, I just want to give a big, big shout out to the Jacksonville Jaguars for for their entire team kneeling during the national anthem yesterday. That includes white players, black players, all p- players of different races. And I just want to salute them. It just makes you want to be a fan because the entire organization is recognizing the, these racial issues that's plaguing America right now. And you know, last week it was you know it was a it was a good amount of Jaguars kneeling, but you didn't have the whole team. I think I would see a whole entire team kneeling during the anthem this season and all. So it's good to see them take a stand for these issues. I hope other NFL players they'll follow the same blueprint print that they're doing right now to address these issues. And you know what? The whole team kneeling, it came as a surprise to me because their team owner, Shahid Khan, he donated a million dollars to Trump's um, campaign. And so when you contribute a large amount of funds like that to a white supremacist, it, it makes me feel like you resonate with those views. And so just to see him lock arms with the players... It's a surprise to me, and a lot of NFL players, I mean, excuse me, owners donated to Trump, and it's so backwards to me. How are you standing in solidarity with your players, but you donated a lot of money that some people won't make in their lifetime to a white supremacist that's currently our president? But, you know, big shout-out to him anyway for for standing with with his players. 
I hope it's not just a PR stunt or anything. I really hope he has good in his heart to recognize racism is real in America and his players that make him millions of dollars every single Sunday have to deal with these on a day-to-day basis when they're, when they're not playing for you. Moving on to Donald Trump in Puerto Rico. I just want to express disappointment in the way he's handling the hurricane situation in Puerto Rico. They were devastated by Hurricane Maria. Worst, worst storm they've had in, you know, I think maybe 82 years. And he basically, you know, atta- Trump basically attacking the San Juan mayor. But she's out here, um, she, she's out here in these floods helping people who were lost homes. And her name is Carmen Ewing Cruz, by the way. And it's just, it's just disgusting. And, you know, Trump, he'll attack any woman. We all know how sexist he is. He, he, he condoned sexual assault on women with the comments that surfaced from 2005 that came out last year. But obviously it didn't affect him in the election. So just the fact that he's attacking a woman of color now, it's just, it's just disgusting. He's, he hasn't done any relief efforts. But now all of a sudden he finally wants to go to Puerto Rico tomorrow. And it's too late. It's been, it's been a few weeks now since it's been here. What are you going to do now? What, what relief efforts have you passed in Congress for Puerto Rico? What, what have you done? It, it just baffles me. It really does. And he, he's going to Vegas on Wednesday, you know. Okay, I applaud that. But, but where were these efforts in Puerto Rico a couple weeks ago? I'm disappointed in that. And he, he, he's worse than George W. Bush as far as handling natural disasters. It's just another level of worse. He makes George W. Bush look, a, look like a damn angel. I just hope... The hell that we're living in with Trump, I hope it ends soon because this isn't what leaders do in America. This Leaders don't try to ban Muslims from coming in, into a country. Leaders don't try to prevent immigrants from coming into our nation. Leaders don't not help allies, especially Puerto Rico, which is a part of it's, it's U.S. soil. It's part of the United States. So what, just because it's a nation of predominantly people of color, you're just going to neglect them? We all know how Trump operates with who he wants to help and who he doesn't. Anyone that isn't white, rich, and conservative, they don't matter to him. So we got to call out Donald Trump and his, his just incompetence as far as everything he's done since January when he took office. So Trump, handle your business in Puerto Rico. Handle your business in Vegas because I'm fed up. And so so is every other American that didn't want anything to do with you, along with your foolish campaign and the bigotry that you ran to help you win that resonated with this country. Because America is bigoted. Let's face the facts. Nothing has changed. Nothing has really progressed since the 60s, since segregation and all this hate and slavery and everything that America has stood for ever since they've gained their independence. America was never really great, to be honest. Overall, yeah, that we have a lot of rights in this nation, but the way a lot of people are treated, you won't see it as being great. Like I said, look at Puerto Rico right now. What aid are they getting from, from the U.S. government? Not a damn thing. It's sad that former presidents Barack Obama, Bill Clinton, and George W. Bush, they've done more for relief efforts for Puerto Rico right now than our so-called president. And it's pathetic. But shout out to Obama, Bush, and Clinton for their part, for recognizing who needs help. In the worst way. And I commend all of them for that. So Trump, get your mess together. Once again, I'm Miriam Dreyschuk. This was episode 7 of the Cause Podcast. Thank you for tuning in.